0: And our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, Mr. Eric Robertson.
1: Good morning.
0: Hey, babe, you're looking a little tanner.
1: Well, I was uh, beached whale well for the last week in Mexico. That's, <laughs> that's not
0: true. We were on a beach in Mexico together. Funny story about that, I'll tell you later. But this is this is the point. So I was thinking about this. You know when you see pictures of people on vacation and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. They're having so much fun. But then maybe the rational side of you goes they're not actually having as much fun because i've been on vacation and there's you know what i mean like mostly yeah.
1: mostly pictures with kids
0: yeah that's true I'm like yeah <laughs> we didn't have our kids but this is what i wanted to say and there is a reason why i'm gloating so boastfully and it is That if it looked like we were having fun on our vacation, I want you to know that we were having even more fun than it looked like we were having. And
1: you relaxed so well, which is not a normal thing.
0: Well, that's why um, I actually told Eric prior to this to praise me for how relaxed I was. But there is a reason why I wanted this public praise. (laughs) But wait, say it again.
1: You relaxed incredibly well this trip. Okay.
0: Okay. So as I was reading the intro, I read it every time, the intro to this podcast. It's not pre-recorded. And as I was reading to the intro to this podcast, I stopped on like the goal of this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. But truly the goal isn't to just help you feel more awesome each time you listen. It's overall to help you feel more awesome in general. And I want to share what that personally looks like for me after three years of doing this podcast (laughs) is three years ago, I wasn't really capable of going on a vacation and truly relaxing and not having some sort of existential crisis or bringing up all the work that I wasn't getting done, right? Without, like, copious amounts of, like, numbing and distraction. So, like, I could do it if we were on a trip where we were constantly doing other things. But this, we truly, for a full week, just relaxed. And I really have never been able to do that without, like, sinking into a deep, dark place.
1: I was kind of suspicious. I was always wondering if it was around the corner. Are you serious? Yeah.
0: You were like waiting for it to happen? Thank you for saying that because it really proves that I'm not just blowing a bunch of hot air. Um, Like (laughs) this is a a real thing, right?
1: I wish the Mexican winds blew hot air. (laughs) It was a little chilly. It was a little chilly. Come on, Mexico.
0: It was was still wonderful. And so I just like, I want to share not, oh, you know, our life is so much better and bragging about us getting to go on this vacation. P.S., by the way, like we saved up for a year to go on this vacation. We didn't go on the vacation I wanted to last year that this happens. But um, just to say change is possible. You can enjoy the life you have more. You're doing a really good job. And I just want to thank you for listening to this podcast. If you're new to listening to the podcast, enjoying your vacation more is just one of the many things I believe this podcast will help you do. (laughs) (laughs) And that sounds like an arbitrary thing, but think how much suffering in life comes from us feeling sadness around not being able to enjoy things that we think we should be enjoying, right? Like we don't expect to feel good when we lose a loved one. We don't expect to feel good when we get really hard news about a job. But then when we feel like crap and our kids are healthy and we feel like crap and we're on a vacation and we feel like crap and everything is generally quote unquote seeming okay, it, it, we are so hard on ourselves, right? Right. And, and that's really truly a lot of the work of this podcast. And I'm really proud of it. And I'm proud of myself for having fun. (laughs) Good job. And I'm proud of everyone for listening. And this is a freaking phenomenal episode. I'm so excited about it. I've been sitting on it for about a month, and I'm so excited to share it. This is episode 112, Do Less, Attract More, and How to Get Out of Low Dark Places with Gabby Bernstein. So, If you've listened to me talk about any books, you're going to know that I absolutely adore Gabrielle Bernstein. She wrote Super Attractor. She wrote Judgment Detox. She wrote The Universe Has Your Back. She has seven New York Times bestsellers. She's a speaker. She's an author. She's a teacher. And I really, really resonate with her work. And so she has a newish book. Super Attractor came out at the end of last year. And I reached out and was just like, what if I could get Gabby Bernstein on the podcast. And we did. We made it happen. And I love the conversation that we have because we talk about a lot of things. We talk about medication and its place in all of these spiritual teachings. And we talk about low, dark places and how all of these practices, these, you know, therapeutic and meditation and all of these practices that we talk about in the podcast and in the work I do. But like, how do you know when to turn to medication or to turn to a therapist? We talk about that. We talk about postpartum anxiety. And then something that was really revelatory for me in this conversation is we talk about the feedback loop of social media and the addiction that that feedback loop can cause, I remember as I was talking to her, I had this realization that that addiction to the feedback loop has been a really big source of pain in my life, and it's seriously given me a whole new way to look at my relationship with social media and the journey, ding, that I've been on with social media, and I just, we cover a lot of things, but at the basis of all of it, we talk about her amazing new book, Super. Attractor. Cannot recommend that book enough. I recommend it in the interview. I'm going to recommend it now. I started the interview just going on and on and praising Gabby for what everything her books have done for me, but it just sounded so ridiculous listening to myself back. I edited that part out for you guys, but know that the interview started with me just lavishing her with praise. It was such an honor to get to talk to her, and I'm so, so excited to share this interview with you. So, I can't wait to hear what you get from this. And I'm just so excited for you guys to listen. Here you go. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is just this idea of the work that you do. And I've heard you say that you want to be an untethered force of light. Is that correct? Did I get that right?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, just about a week, maybe three weeks ago, my team and I, my husband, who's my the CEO of, of our business, we were looking at our org chart and I looked at the org chart and I said, oh, no, 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 I am not the CEO of this company. I want my title to be Untethered Force of Light.
0: That's so beautiful. So here we
2: are, that's my title.
0: I love that. And I just would love to hear what that means for you and what your intention is with that and how you then like bring that into practice, right? So you say it and then how does that like, how does that show up in action for you?
2: What it means to me is that I am allowing the energy of a power greater than me, the energy of the universe, the energy of spirit, God, whatever you choose to call it, to move through me in whatever it is that I'm doing, whether I'm cooking, whether I'm playing with my son, whether I'm speaking on stage. Allowing that energy to move through me means that I am releasing the blocks to the presence of that energy on a moment-to-moment basis. So I've worked as a spiritual teacher, but mainly I've been a spiritual student for most of my life. And being a spiritual student means that I've been devoted to really becoming untethered and living in that way is very free and empowering and faithful. You know, right now I have something coming up and I'm not sure how it's going to unfold. Then every day I just say, okay, I give it to God. I turn it over. I release it because I don't know the answer. I don't know what's going to happen and I'm going to let it be.
0: That's so beautiful. So I really, really love that word untethered.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, think, I think that's incredible. And so what do you think are some of the practices or ideas, even, you know, in the opposite, you could phrase it like, when do you feel tethered and realize that you would like to be untethered? What are some practices that you use to get to that place?
2: Well, I think my entire book, Super Attractor, is all about getting untethered and being, like you said, out, getting out of that misalignment and back into alignment. So the big intention uh, throughout all my books, but particularly Super Attractor, is to really align your energy, your thoughts, and your belief systems with better feeling vibrations, better feeling thoughts, better feeling energy, better feeling beliefs. When we do that, we become untethered. And, un- and when we and I say untethered, no longer blocked, no longer held back, no longer self-sabotaging, and we become new, we become fresh, we heal. And that in that healed energy, we, we can receive so, so, so much more.
0: I absolutely love that. One thing that I really, really loved from Super Attractor is the Emotional Guidance Scale where you share that. Then you shared this beautiful example of um, the little baseball player, Jack, and how you helped him with that Emotional Guidance Scale. Do you want to talk to that Emotional Guidance Scale and kind of some of the ideas around that? Because I have text messaged that. I have emailed that. I have cool. shared that with so many people. since. So you- cool,
2: Very cool. Well, the Emotional Guidance Scale is actually a message. Method- created by the metaphysical teacher is Abraham Hicks. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think is so profound and I'm so proud to have shared it in the book. Really, ultimately, the the, the message behind the emotional guidance scale is that when you are finding yourself out of alignment with the positive energy, you have to notice your thoughts and notice what you're thinking. And what you can't reach from a really low vibrational thought to a joyful thought all, you know, all at once that's going to take you out, you're going to sabotage yourself. So the concept is, is that if you went from sadness or or jealousy or despair, let's say, all the way to jealousy, that's actually a better vibration or anger is even a better vibration than despair. So even if it's still seemingly a uncomfortable thought or experience, it's actually still a better vibration. So being in the conscious connection of slowly guiding yourself up the scale towards the ultimate emotion, Joy. So, in the book, I have broken down the entire scale and give the reader all these different practices on how to reach their way back up.
0: Well, I think the book is incredible, and there's so many reasons people need to buy the book. But, like, even if you're curious about the emotional guidance scale that Gabby just described, like, you're going to have to buy the book. You need the book. You need to have it. I took a picture of it. It's like a list of, I believe, 22 emotions. And, and then you, you bring yourself up. And honestly, here's why I think this is so incredible. Like you said, you know, you're trying to go from despair to joy and we don't realize like how kind of unreasonable that is. Right. And the stress and the parameters. And so one thing that I would love to talk about, and honestly, you've been so open and incredible on a lot of podcasts about this, about sharing your postpartum depression. But I would just love to speak to people who really, really understand from this place of, I know the things that I'm supposed to do. I know the things that make me feel better. I know, I know, I know. But I just can't emotionally, physically, spiritually get myself to a place to do them. Yeah. I would love to hear you speak to that a little bit.
2: There's two ways I'll answer this. One is in the book, I say something pretty profound, which is the secret to feeling good is to decide to stop feeling bad.
0: Oh, I love that so much.
2: <laughs> You're like the super attractor's cheerleader. I love you. I really am. you need
0: me to wear any sort of cheer costume, I'm going to send you a
2: cheer costume. Thank you. That's or, I'll,
0: you know, I, I'm very big on if I love someone, I want to wear their face on my chest. <laughs> and so I will, I will. I will make a shirt. I have shirts with my. People own. did that. They definitely took the book yeah. cover and put it on their shirts. So
2: so here's the story. So I, yes, I went through a, a difficult period where I struggled with postpartum depression and anxiety and insomnia, which made me suicidal. I don't want to get too into the heavy heavy details. It's a lot. But even in that dark time, I was able to choose to feel better. I was able to choose to stop feeling bad. Now that seems like, okay, how'd you stop? How did you choose? Well, even the simplest thought like, I got an extra hour of sleep last night, was a positive thought towards feeling better, was a positive momentum. Even the most loving thought of, I'm on a path towards finding my way to recovery. Just leaning into or believing, remembering I have prayer, remembering that my family is supporting me, my friends are supporting me, just giving myself that dialogue was a decision to stop feeling bad, even if it was a subtle decision. Yeah, and a mandatory decision.
0: And a mandatory decision. And again, I think the reason why I like that so much is because I feel like almost the language you're using isn't. I'm deciding to feel good, but rather I'm making the choice that I no longer want to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, That's I, right. because you know, I've I've opened up about this. So I have three kids. What? You look I, like I know. fifteen. Well, oh, oh, bless you., uh, it's the lighting. So I've got three kids, so I've got a nine year old, a six year old, and a four year old. I yeah, but you know, so I've been on, you know, I've been having my babies. Like I said, my oldest is nine. I didn't even feel like there was dialogue around the concept of postpartum anxiety. No. No. Anxiety. And so after I had her, I mean, I was a wreck. I was a wreck during my pregnancies. I also had a lot of anxiety and depression while I was pregnant. Yep. Yep. And I got suicidal during my second pregnancy. It was like probably mm-hmm. one of the lowest times of my life. Mm-hmm. That conversation around postpartum anxiety, I thought, well, I'm not depressed.
2: That's though. right, that's right. That's the same thing that happened to me. Yeah. yeah. But that's why we have to talk about PPA, postpartum anxiety, because Postpartum anxiety is actually considered postpartum depression. It's a form of postpartum depression. Mm. And that anxiety is when some when people get medicated with, uh, let's say, antidepressants, it's not always just because they're depressed. It's often because they are overly anxious or they're having anxiety attacks. Yeah. So this comes into the same dialogue.
0: So here is my question to you. And I think this ties in to kind of that earlier thought that that we were we were touching on, where people are in a place where they want to listen to the book, they want to do the meditation. They want to go exercise. They, they know that they maybe should reach out for help, but they really truly are in a place where they don't feel like they can. And I'm just wondering, because I've thought about this so much. I'm, I'm constantly wondering how much effort should I be putting into not feeling... Absolutely insane.
2: Well, not a lot of effort. I think effort is what can stress us out more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's actually a method in Super Attractor that I speak about called the Choose Again method. I love it. Yeah. And so I really think we should teach that right now. I'll teach the Choose Again method because what it is is it's allowing you to not actually have to work too hard to get to a different vibration, to a different energy, right? So the choose again method is a practice of witnessing and noticing the negative fear-based thoughts that you're having mm-hmm. and noticing how they make you feel. That's the first step. So we all know those thoughts that we have on repeat. I'm not good enough, i my body isn't isn't right, whatever our stories are, I, I'm in debt. We repeat those stories and repeat those stories over and over and over and over again. When we notice that feeling and that thought, we stop it in its tracks. The second step of the choose again method is to forgive the thought and forgive yourself for having the thought. By forgiving ourselves for having that repetitive thought, we actually remind ourselves that we are not that thought. We take ourselves out of the belief system that that is who we are and we remember that that's just a thought we've been thinking. So when the moment you forgive yourself for having the thought, you see yourself as separate from it. And it's a profound step. You cannot skip that step.
0: And it seems so simple, but like that, it's state, legit. That's you know, a legit step. That, mm-hmm. That's it, right? And and even as you say it, it reminds me of like how freaking profound, you know, in judgment detox and and really the focusing on and and it's a course in miracles, but like that judgment is a separation, mm-hmm. and so being aware of that judgment that you're separating yourself. I mean, it's it's honestly just so freaking profound and so important. Yes, Um, I'm like, it's not me. I'm separating from it. That's
2: right. right. That's right. And then the third step is to choose again. So the process of choosing again is reaching for the next best feeling thought. When I was in the postpartum experience, you'd think, okay, well, what could possibly be the next best feeling thought when you're suicidal? Well, the next best feeling thought is I can... I can ask for help. The next best feeling thought is I can lie down and pray. The next best feeling thought is it has to be up from here. So just reaching for those general belief systems and thoughts that can guide you out.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. And I love the choose again method. My next question to follow that up is when do you get and how did you get to a place where you realize I can't do this on my own. I have to get help. And when you're in that low of a place, like I've been in that frantic place where every time I've ever really gotten the help that I really needed, it almost took somebody from the outside intervening, holding me still, getting in my face and being and that doesn't always happen when I need it. I had a period of my life where I had an anxiety attack every single day for six months and I never did anything about it. Mm. I just would get up and I, you know, would, I was throwing huge all-female dance parties and I would get up and I would just host another 900 person event mm. and then have another anxiety attack. And, and now when I see other people doing that, I just, I would never wish that on anyone, but I feel like, especially when, when we're in those low places, we don't feel like we're sick enough. We feel like we're making it We feel like, well, I know if I just did my exercise, right, right, whatever, I'd be okay. I think that some of this is
2: uh, is about the fact that there isn't enough conversation and language around mental illness, Mm. particularly when you're in a spiritual world, and and people do not talk about mental illness enough. They don't have enough language for it. A lot of people are spiritually bypassing mental illness, which is what I was doing when I was having a biochemical issue. I mean, I wasn't. This was. This was. This was a postpartum biochemical reaction.
0: Absolutely. And the
2: same with you when you were having anxiety attacks. It's, it's something that's, that, that, that in many instances needs some further support. So yes, meditation can help. Yes, a prayer practice is what ultimately will guide you out. But what are you allowing yourself to be guided to is the question. Mm. And for me, you know, I took about two or three months to really accept that this was a biochemical issue and that this was something that I couldn't fix with melody and that it was something that I needed to surrender to psychiatric help now that's uh that's 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 a place that we'll be guided to if we surrender we'll be guided to wherever we need to be guided to when we surrender so for me I I, I held on real tight for a while but then finally I had no choice but to surrender and to your point I also had you know, God works through people I had a therapist that intervened she just called my husband and I and she said we need to get our psychiatrist immediately and that saved my life
0: Well, I love that so much. I'm so grateful for you speaking to this because how, you know, how you phrased it spiritually bypassing as I've become more and more devoted to like different spiritual practices. It is hard to find the place for medication. It's hard, it's hard to find the place for change your thoughts, change your life. I worship Wayne Dyer. I love him so much. And then I got to a place where I felt like I could micromanage all of my thoughts. And that doesn't work either. You can't micromanage all your thoughts. I tried right, it it didn't work. Right. That's why yeah. we want
2: to really be gentle. And that's why the Choose Again method works because yes. it's a reprogramming, but it's not a forceful job. It's not a It's a method that's very gentle. It's a method that's very simple. And it's also a method that when practiced regularly becomes second nature, in many ways, it's like cognitive behavioral therapy. It's it's looking at the thought, it's it's feeling it, right? Then the very spiritual element of it is forgiving yourself for having it, and then choosing again is very very CBT. It's reaching for another feeling, thought, choosing something that feels better. That is a practice that can change someone's life, even if they are someone who needs to be medicated. This is something I would absolutely recommend doing in conjunction. You know, if you go down a path where you need medical support, fantastic, take it. But then do the deeper spiritual work simultaneously.
0: And I I love this so much. And I love how you're speaking to it because when you were describing it, I think there's two things that come into play where having the faith that you will be guided and supported, right? Like, so that's a huge part of it where you're surrendering with the faith that you will be guided and supported. And then something that you talk a lot about in Super Attractor that I think is a really important part of this is you're not trying to control the outcome. I would love to talk about that because when people think of attracting and they think of Super Attractor, I think they start to think of, I'm going to pick what I want to have happen and then I'm going to attract that into my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and you very expertly help people see how, okay, maybe that's not exactly attracting, right? Right. Not at all. Yeah, not at all. So I would love to, you even have, I think I have, I think I have the quote right here, Gabby. Instead of seeking out these opportunities to feel good, we often stifle our full expression of joy by focusing strongly on an outcome. Fixating on a specific outcome that we think we want causes us to struggle and suffer as we attempt to force it. I would love to talk about that in how it regards to, to manifesting and super attracting.
2: Yeah, we, we, when we're in a forceful nature, we're blocking our super attractor power. Mm. Being a super attractor means that we're aligned with feeling good, that we're committed to feeling good, and that we are surrendered, that we're trusting that it's not our will that makes things happen, but that it's a collaborative process really turning over our our need to be right, our need to force, our need to control. When we're in a controlling energy, there's nothing sexy about that. And there's nothing empowering about that. There's You don't want to date that that controlling person. You don't want to... It's, not, it's, not, a that person. it's, it's not, not a good look. It's not a good look. Yeah. So what we have to do ultimately is recognize the ways that we're trying to control or play tricks with the universe or make things happen or manic manifest, see how that's, that energy is severely blocking our supertractor power. Follow the methods in this book, something like the Choose Again Method, or there's a very empowering method in the book called the Spiritually Aligned Action Method. And that's the that's the practice for anyone who's a self-identified pusher, right? The controlling person. That will be a method that will guide you step-by-step step out of that controlling attitude and behavior and into taking action from a place of spiritual alignment. Because when we act from a place of alignment, that's when things fall into place perfectly.
0: I love that. That is so beautiful. So, I want to know for you Gabby, what do you think uh, one one thing I love about your work and I think the reason why it resonates with me is of course there's the similarities. I work a lot. I've got the addict personality. I I always identify with the addicts even though I di- hadn't didn't have to go through like an overt addiction. But aside from that, you're so good at giving tools, like the choose again method, really specific Mantras and tools and things where people can use them and find immediate relief. So I would love to know for you, you're going through your day, you're incredibly busy, you run a business, you have your new baby. What are the things that you prioritize other than, you know, all of the practices that you're, you're always working on, but what are some of the things you prioritize for you personally?
2: Well, I'm happy to say that I actually don't work that hard anymore. I probably work like two or three hours a day, depending on the day.
0: Oh, I love Um, that
2: so much. Yeah. And because I'm an untethered force of light, I'm not a workaholic anymore. So I'm now an untethered force of light. So I have a lot of practices throughout the day for self-care. I cook for myself. I meditate twice a day for 20 minutes doing transcendental meditation. I, uh, read a, a lot about, uh, somatic experiencing and uh, um, emotional freedom and I-, I read a lot uh I write now, I'm working on a book where I'm writing, which is also extremely nourishing for me. Awesome. Uh, And then the biggest thing that I'm doing right now for myself and for my child is trying to be really committed to the time that I do spend with him. So when I have windows throughout my day, he's in our home all day and I'm very blessed to have the most incredible uh, person who's his nanny, who's also become like family to us. So when I have time, I can step away. I put my phone upstairs, I go down and I spend really devotional time with my son. So- you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling great. I don't, I'm not pushing or overworking or anything. And then the irony is that the less I've worked and the more I've relaxed, the more success I've had.
0: I mean, it's absolutely, it's absolutely bananas. Something I've been trying to like say to myself recently is I don't have to figure anything out because whenever I am problem solving in my brain, i realize like that never yields it never yields what I think it's going to yield. And right. All, all of the most beautiful successes and joys of my life, I, I aligned with, I didn't create or control them. That's
2: right? right. That's right.
0: That's awesome. I love, especially I've got so many really driven women who listen to the podcast and I really love hearing you say, no, I, I'm not killing myself. I don't work nonstop because we we champion that so much. We champion the hustle so much and that's something that I've tried, I'm trying to be really vocal about too is accomplishing so much with ease and you really dive into that and super attractor that you can accomplish great things with ease. Yeah.
2: If I was still in a manic workaholic behavior that I lived in for many years, because I'm in, I'm in a recovering addict, I'm sober 14 years and recovering from healing trauma and healing my trauma is what allowed me to be free and be untethered and 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 allows me to not be a manic person so i have a lot of compassion for that workaholic but she's not me anymore really i wouldn't have been able to write that book and promote it and stand behind super attractor if i wasn't living it and so i live everything in that book i live the freedom i live the serenity i'm living the faith Really, ultimately, it's about faith. Because this book, in many ways, is sort of the next step just to The Universe Has Your Back. And The Universe Has Your Back is all about transforming your fear to faith. Mm -hmm. This book is about using that faith and manifesting a life beyond your wildest dreams. So... I I, got it. I couldn't have written it if I wasn't believing it.
0: It's just completely apparent that you're, you're walking the walk. You're not just talking the talk. One thing that I would love to touch on just really quickly, especially when it comes to living with ease and, and not getting caught up in like that frantic action, is social media. You're great on social media. I know you love to share your Gabby cooking show and you've got these great videos. It can be really hard for me, especially because I built my platform primarily on social media and then have been able to pivot in, into lots of other things to not get pulled into that story of, you know, it reflects, you know, my success, not my worth anymore. Like I've been able to let go of that, but like, I can still be successful even if things aren't trending in a way on social media. So I'd be super curious as to how you're hip, you're with it. You know, Like it's not like you're not putting out the content that is the good content for social media, but I would just love to hear your approach for that because regardless of whether people are building a business or not with social media, it truly is zapping a lot of us of our presence. And, yeah. things. and so I'd love to hear like- just- Glad you're bringing that up. Yeah. yeah. You know, I had,
2: uh, the best compliment I've received recently was um, a, a young woman called Sahara Rose, who is a podcaster and a beautiful yeah. teacher. And she said to me, you know, Gabby, she said, you're not an influencer. And I was like, I know I'm not. She said- You're a teacher. I was like, I know. That's my, and what she said. The reason this was the best compliment is because it's exactly what I've trained my team to understand. Mm -hmm. I've said from the top, anytime somebody new comes onto my team, I say, just so you understand, we're not. Um, the work that we do is not trying to be influencers. My intention is to teach. So whatever we're sharing, even if it's an ad selling something, I want to teach. I want to put out content. I want to give and teach. I do not want to be seen any other way. Now, yes, do I go on Instagram story and share authentically about what I'm cooking and just like the fun I'm having or whatever? Yeah, of course, because I love social media. It's amazing. It's a credible tool. God is working through it to allow us to carry our messages. But it's when we start to use it with ego that it becomes something that will be debilitating and you know I've been really hardcore about this and I hope that people out there don't take don't feel shamed by what I'm going to say or don't feel offended I just want to help them Mm -hmm. but I really want to want to warn people who are kind of in that feedback loop of trying to be an influencer or trying to be seen in that way to understand that that is indeed another form of addiction and I want to honor anyone that's in that space and what they may be going through so that they can you know, meet that discomfort with a lot of self-love and self-compassion. But to see that it's very dangerous. And I've seen a lot of this in my rooms, in my trainings, people that are severely addicted to that feedback. And it's it's as detrimental as... I mean, listen, I'm a recovering cocaine addict. I think it's just yeah. as bad. I honestly think it's just as bad.
0: When you put it into that language the feedback loop is absolutely, was probably the number one contributing factor to the period of time when I was just debilitated with anxiety.
2: Because you were looking for that feedback loop? Yeah. Yeah, Good for you. I'm so proud of you for admitting that. Go, go.
0: Well, thank you. And gosh, I mean, it's just why I love you so much and why I, I love this work so much is just giving language. Like, I can't even tell you like the physical reaction my body had when you gave language to it. I was like, that's, that's exactly what it was is like, uh, there were lots of thought processes and their hormones and there's all these things at play, of course, but it was that feedback loop. And it was like, I was, I mean, I use the AA books. Like I Mm, love mm -hmm. all of the AA materials even though I've never really had a reason to show up for a meeting. Like I said, I think it's because it is, it's like that feedback loop. And really, how
2: there are going to be, if there aren't already, meetings for like technology addiction and, and social addiction. I, mm-hmm. I think that there probably already are. I can look into it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just want to really cl- put that message out clearly that there is no difference. Anything that we are using to feel, to feel outside of ourselves, to feel good enough, to, to, to numb out yeah. is an addiction. And anything, the definition of addiction is that your life has become unmanageable and that you're powerless over whatever it may be. And so, you know, unmanageability is I'm i am so focused on my phone that I'm not with my kid or, uh, uh, you know, uh, the powerlessness is I can't wake up and I can't sleep without my phone or I can't wow. wake up in the morning and not check it the second I wake up or, you know.
0: Well, and and it gets and like all things, right. It gets so tricky and complicated because literally it gets down to like, I provide with my family through this, through the, and and not so much anymore. I really, I, I stopped like I changed that period of my life. I stopped the events I was doing. I started a, this podcast. I started a, like a Year of Awesome calendar. I changed. I changed everything. I changed how I make money. It's been really amazing. But even so, it's really easy to, for us to slip back into the justified feelings because it is our business or it is our livelihood. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. even the way
2: that or, you're or it's like people are praising me for it. You know, I was a workaholic for so many years, and it was hard to identify because people were constantly praising me for it. Oh, you know, let me give you a great book deal because you've been, you know, working so hard and you have built this platform or people saying, well, Gabby can do anything, you know, but I was killing myself, literally killing myself, literally would have died from it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing that you say in your book or, or maybe I heard you say it on an interview, but just like, as you were saying is if it's not good for you, it's not good. Mm. I think I heard you say it in an interview and that just really resonated with me. And it's like what you're speaking to. It's like, I get praised like you for all of the things <laughs> that aren't necessarily good for me, mm. especially when you like love getting in that feedback loop of being validated by verbal affirmation. Yeah. Right? And then getting stuck in that feedback loop and then just feeding into it, it really just felt like I was bleeding for the cause, but all of it shrouded under this. My, my goal, I started blogging almost 15 years ago and my goal was just to put more love into the world. Yeah. Right. That's right. And it really was, you know, I'd had the, you know, the big existential crisis. And I was like, that's it. I'm only going to do stuff that I think puts love into the world. That's all I'm going to do with my time. It's like you become a martyr for the cause and Mm -hmm. that's not how it works, right?
2: Yep, that's right. And in the book, when I teach the spiritually aligned action method, the most important method is that your desire is backed with love and service. Mm. And when your desire is backed with love and service, you can trust that you are not taking action from ego you're taking action from from spirit and that's really where we have to focus because when we take action from that place of love faith and service we know that it's it's hooked up and we can relax then
0: I love that. And I love, I love when you say hooked up. It's, it's like you get like just a little gangster for a second.
2: <laughs>
0: well, and I love Gary Zukov's The Seed of the Soul. Yeah. And he talks so much about intention. Like you're saying one thing that has been really helpful for me, and I would, I would love to know how you check your intentions. Like you're saying, well, when things are backed with love... I often think that I'm backing things up with love, but then Gary Zukov talks about how your feelings, like when I have stress and anxiety, even if I think like I'm going to be doing a keynote, but I'm having anxiety around it. It's like a big indicator that, okay, my fear is overriding, right? Like,
2: yes. Yeah. I think that, you know, you know, you're in your ego and you don't feel good. Mm. So you got to just honor that. There's a lot of, you know, I've written seven books on how to undo the ego, so I hope I can support you. And... When you begin to undo that pattern, you start to feel the difference between what it means to take an action from a place of ego versus a place of intuition.
0: I love that. I love that. And so when it comes to your social media, because social media is a big part of your business. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like you've been able, well, maybe I just bring my skewed view to the table. Maybe that's my perception. When it comes to plan your content calendar or it comes to plan a book launch and it it comes, it's a tool, it's a marketing tool. How do you approach it? Or do you feel like you're lucky that you haven't had a messed up relationship with it. So it, you just use it as the tool it is.
2: I have fun with it. You know, I have a lot yeah. of fun with it. So I, I I, don't use it as a way to be seen. I, you know, I'm happy to say at this stage of my life, I don't need to be seen. I feel very confident that those who need to see me or need to hear me will find me. I don't need to force it on to anyone. I write books for the willing. I don't write books for everybody. I'm not trying to force people that don't want that, content to be in my world. And so I'm just going to have fun with social media. I'm going to be grateful for it. I'm going to make sure I feel aligned with whatever I'm posting. And if I don't feel aligned with it, I'm going to delete it. Mm, yeah. I mean, that's very important.
0: And when it comes time to launch a book, when it comes time to put a product out there do you see social media as that tool or do you just let it support like the work you're doing? Like it's not part of your like strategy. Do you see what I'm saying?
2: Um, you know, there's no strategy. Like I, yes. Well, I write ads for something because I want to make sure people see it a hundred percent. I want people to see what I'm doing. What I'm doing is amazing. I'm so proud of it. And it's, you know, in many ways helping people save their own lives. So I want everybody to see it and that's the energy behind it. So, you know, I'm going to, do my part to make sure you see it. I'm going to market things with so much empowered energy so that you get it out there and you can experience it. And most importantly, I'm just going to uh, write to you, even if it's an ad or if it's a poster or if it's an email, the way that I would talk to you. And I'm going to just be, tell you stories and make you feel good.
0: Thank you so much because obviously I like asking you questions about like your intentions towards social media for me personally, but I really, really see how these answers can serve anybody who's using it even just casually.
2: Yes, of course.
0: So it's like when you show up anywhere and your intention is to connect with people, to teach as your intention is, or to serve, or you really, really have confidence in your message and you want to share it with people, it stops being strategy and just like you're saying, it becomes like a way to help people easily access the invaluable tools that you've created for them. That's
2: right. That's right. You have to really get behind that. Mm -hmm.
0: I love that. Gabby, is there anything else that you want to touch on that we haven't been able to touch on yet?
2: I think that it's just important for everybody to understand that that you can do less and attract more, that you can let yourself off the hook, stop pushing, controlling. If you're somebody who's been apathetic to things, that you can learn how to tap into the energy of inspiration so that you feel power move through you to help you create what you want to create in life. That life is a lot easier than we make it. And that's what this book is about. I just want people to feel good. You know, a lot of people on these podcasts have been like, Gabby, why'd you write the book? And I'm like, because I just wanted to feel good. And I knew that that everyone else would feel good reading it. And that's been the case, you know, I'm really proud to say that has been the case. And it's really serving people.
0: And it's so beautiful. And I just want to tease one part of the book that we didn't even get to cover. That was really one of my favorite parts of the books. And it's when you like, quote unquote, came out of a closet about angels Hmm. And, and, and being a medium and just, you know, your belief in angels and how to call angels into our life and how to call spirit guides into our life. Like you said, I just don't think we talk about it in normal conversation enough. I love how people, they love to use the word woo-woo, which like, what does that word even mean? You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But I've been really surprised as I'm really tentative and I like to, sometimes I like to put things in universal language. You don't have to believe in God. It can be energy, which I agree because language can really put people off. But this idea of spirit guides and angels and these outside sources helping you, I just, I love love I love all of your thoughts there I, I love what you offer there yeah
2: yeah i really pushed the metaphysical envelope this time around and I will guide the reader to understand what that means for them in whatever form that comes and it's a it's a really fun part of the book I'm proud of that I'm proud that I went there
0: no it's it's amazing and and like I said like you going there it just opens up more and more conversations and just like when we were talking about the postpartum depression and anxiety and the conversations around mental health it's the conversations around on these topics that I believe we keep having and then more people can invite can invite these amazing things into their life
2: that's right that's right
0: and so I just want to thank you for doing that I feel so much more bold talking to people about angels now (laughs) yeah girl yeah girl go for it you do it it's just to walk around just be like it's okay if I'm weirding you out but I just love you you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but Gabby, this is incredible. Thank you so much. So make sure that you get more Gabby in your life. Her book, super attractor. I feel like you need to do both. You need to listen to it on Audible, but you also need to buy a hard copy of the book because she has so many tools. In there that you're gonna want to copy up, so I'm just gonna mm-hmm, save mm-hmm, people's mm-hmm. time now and tell them to buy it in both formats and both versions. Yeah, you a lot know? of people
2: do that. A lot of people listen and then read it, or vice versa. They'll read it and then they'll listen to it. it happens a lot.
0: Oh yeah, well, they, it's just necessary. These are necessary yeah. tools for for happy living, Gabby. I like mm-hmm, I said, mm-hmm. I believe it, so I will sell it happily. So be sure to get Super Attractor, which is her most recent book, and then also Gabby is so much fun on Instagram so you can follow her on Instagram and we will be linking to all things Gabby's. So I have one question I forgot to ask you that's really important. Are you ready? Mm-hmm, yeah. What is your, well, we'll say two questions, but what is your favorite pump up song that you like to put on that pumps you up?
2: So right now, I've been listening to a lot of Bruce because my son loves Bruce Springsteen. Oh my so gosh. Right now, our theme song, Mine and Oliver, is uh, Born in the USA. We just oh. go for it. That's our, that's our song. That's our song.
0: Like such a classic classic such mm-hmm. a classic mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. and then I just tell me about like your dance moves do you have a signature dance move Gabby I
2: don't have a signature dance move but I am super comfortable dancing I dance on stages in front of thousands of people I don't care I love it yeah love it.
0: and uh but I mean you don't have a signature move but there's got to be the one move like what like do your hips
2: start going I'm good with my hips I'm yes I'm an s-factor <laughs> student so I hip I'm hippie I can go hips, hips for sure
0: Okay, good. I like that. I just like to give people a visual of like when they see you out having a good time, like what kind of moves they're going to get from Right on. I
2: like that. Mm -hmm. Dancing
0: dancing is really important over here. Okay. I hope that you are as inspired as I am that you learned some really awesome things. And I want to thank Gabby again for opening up and talking about postpartum anxiety, talking about medication, talking about reaching out and asking for help. These are things that surprisingly are not talked about a lot in this community. There's a lot of talk about mental health, but how Gabby brings up the spiritual bypassing of actual mental health issues, I really resonate with that. And I really know, and I'm not even going to say hope, I know it's going to speak to some of you out there who are going to realize that you've been trying to bypass what are true mental health issues. This is it. This is it. Right now is your time to just acknowledge the realization you've had today and to take the first step and reach out for some help. And I want to encourage you and applaud you and commend you. I love in the interview when Gabby, like, congratulated me for recognizing. She was like, I'm really proud of you for recognizing the addiction and the feedback loop. And like, that felt so good to hear her say that. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just, I admire her so much. It felt so good to have her say that to me. And so if you had a realization like that during this podcast, I want to take that same congratulations and that same praise and acknowledgement and just like, turn a mirror to you and say like, I want to congratulate you for listening to this and maybe having a realization about yourself. And I want to give you permission to take the next steps. Not that you need my permission, but sometimes it feels really good to have it. To take the next steps needed and get help definitely support Gabby. Go to her Instagram or social media. Tell her what you loved about the interview. You know, the best way to support content creators is to engage with and consume their work. So I want to, again, just, I love her all of her books. I'm sure that as I was talking about one, maybe one jumped out and spoke to you. And I'm just so excited to have this here as a resource. I re-listened to the interview, and I got so much out of it. And will you guys please share it with people? It was such an honor to have Gabby on the podcast. And so I love what we talked about. Let's share this interview with as many people as we think it can benefit. Eric, do you have a review for us?
1: I have one, and it's uh, pretty uh, relevant to our latest vacation.
0: Oh, They didn't even know.
1: Starly says This podcast has changed my life Allison is a breath of fresh Delicious Sunshiny air And Ooh. Eric is like That yummy breeze That joins the sun What? <laughs> <laughs> After listening to Every single podcast episode I needed more What would I do Without Allison's voice every day? Enter Awesome On Demand Oh my I just finished this month's meditation, and I would pay for Awesome On Demand just for that meditation forever. Thanks for making me feel like a worthy, light-filled human. Also, I'm currently mapping out my business idea and doing what I have felt called to do because of you. Thank you.
0: That makes me feel really good. Was that Shirley? Starly. Starly. And then we had to go into, like, I wanted to go into the airplane routine. Um, Okay. <laughs> And don't call me Shirley. No, Starly, thank you so much. Thank you for bringing up Awesome On Demand. I didn't even tell Eric to pick that review. Awesome On Demand.
1: You never tell me to pick any review. It's on me.
0: He picks them. If you want to check that out, it's com forward slash awesome on demand. <sighs> you guys, you're doing a great freaking job. I know that the world can be dark, that it can be sad, that hard things happen. There's light and hope, and there is the opportunity to feel good and to find joy. I just, I want that for you, and I don't just want it for you because I'm like a nice person. I want it because it's going to make the world more beautiful, and that's what we're all trying to do here. Only you can be you, and you are already as awesome as you need to be. Thank you so much for being here, Eric. What are you gonna take us out on?
1: From the best stock music library on the internet, Pleasant Pictures Music Club, I bring you ninth and ninth, this new hip jam from the Lounge Life collection. If you need any music for your project, you can get twenty percent off with the code Awesome with Eric. Here's ninth and ninth.
0: Wait, you never say Eric with a C, like I say Allison with one L.
1: Eric with a C. Thank you.
2: au will au 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 au
0: I'm so sorry. i